Can you hear me? Welcome to the Kids Swap Podcast, hosted by myself, Florian Simon, together with Maximilian Neville, bringing to you the international podcast about football, friends, and culture. You should sign me. Sign him up. Sign him up. Sign my boy, Flo. Yeah, what? Let's get the ball rolling. Yeah, let's go. And we're back on the pod, back on the Kid Swap podcast. I already see a smiling face because it's all about Maximilian Never today. Last oh, week, man. Max was introducing myself, my career, and my pathway through Germany, the US, and Sweden. Today, I'm going to introduce Max to you guys. Max, how are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous. I uh, don't really <laughs> <laughs> enjoy speaking about myself so much. But um, but yeah, you did it last week. It was great. And um, no, I do look forward to sharing the story and um, yeah, of a football globe trotter that, that didn't make it into the pro game, but had some great experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have quite an interesting CV, I would say. But like we did last week, it's not going to be a boring CV reading. Um, I have prepared some questions for you as well. I have quite a nice surprise for you that I'm 100% sure you don't expect. <laughs> oh, and, <no. laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, so I would say we just get started. Last week, or in general, we are, we are hoping to keep the pod in between 40 to 50 minutes. Because um, obviously it can be a struggle to listen to listen to episodes um, that are around one hour. Like it consumes a lot of time. But you have a, um, you have a soothing voice, Flo. It's uh, like a, that that bedtime story voice. Even even my wife said like your voice is really relaxing. So maybe like, maybe maybe people can listen to it for longer. Yeah, or probably they fall asleep. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, we really try to keep it in a time frame, but we don't want to make um, too many episodes about ourselves. Um, we just want to give you a brief overview of what we did until we move on and get guests on board. So when it comes to Max, um, it's not only a lot on his CV, it's also a little bit complicated, probably because it's a lot. So um, just gonna keep it, um, um, yeah, kind of kind of short. Um, especially in his youth, Max lived in quite some interesting countries um, as a small as a small kid living in Hungary and Poland before him and his family moved to Germany. After that, in Spain, Italy, back to Germany, and then in the U.S. So. Max is the perfect fit to start the Globetrotter season. <laughs> so since you already lived in six different countries, in four of which uh, you actively played. So let me just name um, some of the most important clubs you played at. Um, for example, in Germany, you played on a lower level. And when you moved to, to Spain, when you were um, 10, right? 2004, yeah. when you were 10. Yeah. Um, you played among other clubs for um, FC Barcelona. When you moved to Italy, you played for Varese. Yeah. And coming back to Germany to the senior level, you had a short spell um, on, in the Sunday league before you um, got scouted by now a pro team, Türkei Munich. And from there on, you moved to the United States where your football career ended quite early so <laughs> max let me let me um let let me give you my first question they lived in five different countries in europe you speak four different languages fluently doesn't that make you something like um, mr european um i mean basically uh yeah i i, I lived in um in um hungary poland germany spain and italy um, it was great to, you know, grow up and, and see different cultures and learn different languages, get to meet friends from, from all around the world. And, um, there was, you know, positives and negatives about that. Um, I, I did actually actively play in Spain, Italy, 
um, and Germany, but also in Poland, I played kindergarten soccer. So <laughs> that's actually where it started in, so in kindergarten. Where, where, you, where you actually start um, running, where you learn to run and how to, I don't know, like to the coordination football. to... to yeah. Uh, so we, it was the, the, the American school, uh, the American kindergarten in, in Warsaw. That's where my, um, on, the, on the playground, that's where I started learning to play. But I was actually pretty bad back then. <laughs> I remember I thought I was, I always told my dad, I was like, dad, I'm like the sixth best in my class. And I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and it was a class of seven? Yeah, like <laughs> 10. <laughs> it wasn't very good. So yeah, um, I think moving in a young age is for a lot of kids uh, probably pretty hard already. Um, you leave your home country, you leave the, um, yeah, your, your uh, comfort zone, you leave your friends behind. So um, when you move to different countries and having to learn new languages, um, yeah, I think that that must, kind of, that must be kind of hard. So how did you deal with that as a kid? Um, what were like the other kids' reactions when you came to, for example, when you came to Germany, I think your, your first language is English, right? Yeah. So how did that work out when you came to Germany, had to learn German, when you came to Spain, you had to learn Spanish and to Italy, learn uh, Italian. How was that for you as a, as a kid, especially? Um, so I would say that it's, it's never easy, but it's easier when you're younger. So I think if you move at an older age, it always gets more and more difficult because when you're a little kid, you know, you don't really think, you, you, you know, you're not shy, you're not really... Um, embarrassed if you can't speak the language you just kind of go out there and just try to say something and you know and it it ends up making sense somehow you know you you use your hands gestures you know like try to make it um try to make them guess what you're saying you know <laughs> um and uh basically i would say um when i moved from i mean hungarian I, my first word was actually hungarian it was kutia so it uh, means dog That was my first word I ever said. So, so I, I guess you had a dog. No, no, we didn't. Oh. But I just, I don't know why. I was just obsessed with dogs for some reason as a baby. <laughs> but basically, um, when I moved to Poland, I didn't learn Polish because um, I went to an American kindergarten. I'm pretty but, um, sure you know one word in Polish. Yeah, there's a couple, yeah, <laughs> that I know. And um, what, I, uh, what was funny was that my, my siblings, because they were younger than me and they were at home, and we had um, a nanny from Poland that would take care take care of us while when my parents had to work or if my mother was 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 trying to you know help with all the kids basically um she spoke polish to my siblings so they could speak polish and i couldn't and then they would keep they would speak in between each other so i didn't understand so that sucked but um <laughs> it was fun and then <laughs> when i moved to germany um i just learned it really fast i think i'm pretty sure when i was a kid my mom would speak to me in german a lot so i already kind of had heard a lot of it and I had no problems adapting to the language. Um, I was six, you know, so it was pretty easy and it was an inter international school. And then when I moved to Spain, um, it was funny because uh, I remember my first thought was when I, that was the first time, you know, I was conscious about making a move and, you know, at six years old, you, you don't know anything at 10, you're kind of more aware. Yeah. Um, so then I was just sitting in, in the new house in, in Barcelona and, um, I remember sitting in my room and just thinking like, I don't know how to say anything except for hola. <laughs> I'm like, what, what am I going to do? You know, I was like, it was like a dilemma for, for that day. I was just, I was thinking I'd be lost, but no, that's where it all comes back together. You know, I always went to international schools. So in school I was fine always with English. English. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, you know, when it, when it came to soccer, I had to learn the language. So um, I pretty, pretty quickly, like you said before, I got involved with um, the Escuela del Barça. That's the football school of Barcelona. It's not Barça. It's not the Barça Academy. And there they just through playing, training, we trained like four times a week, had an had a inter-squad match on the weekends. Yeah, but I mean, Max, Max, you don't have to be so humble about it. Like you made it pretty far. You played for Barça. Come on, you can say it. It's all right. <laughs> no, no, because that happened later. That happened later. But um, that was the, you know, the, the football school. And um. And yeah, the coaches were great. One, one of the coaches I had spoke fluent English. So he would always take me to the side and, and, speak, um, and speak in English with me and kind of explain to me. And the kids were great. Like they would actually speak a lot of Catalan, not only Spanish. So mm. <laughs> that was another language I kind of, I understand. I just can't speak it. Um, 
So I kind of had to learn Spanish and a bit of Catalan at the same time because um, they're very proud of, of their language, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Of, of Catalan. And yeah, through football, through playing, I mean, you learn it so quickly. And um, I'd say the same thing happened in Italy when I got to Varese. Mm. The, the guys were so great with me and you just try to speak. So, you know, things come out. Spanish and Italian are similar. So it, it was, I learned Italian really quickly. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to say. Um, I think it's everywhere like that. Football is is probably the one sport that connects society and all yeah. over the world. Um, you don't have to know the language to be able to play. Exactly. And through playing, you learn the language. Uh, I made that experience, uh, especially in Sweden. Uh, when I came yeah. there, I didn't know. Uh, I barely knew a word. And for you as a kid, it probably had to be a little bit harder, but... Yeah, it's great that you had um, very understanding teammates and that they helped you. Because um, I don't know, like if you if you if you watch movies and stuff, you know, the foreigner, the the only uh, foreign kid, maybe gets bullied or so. Maybe that was yeah. just you with your with your brothers or with your with your siblings because they could speak <laughs> language. They, you could speak. No, it's it's actually interesting. Like um, in Spain and Italy, um, they were so so welcoming. I always say, like you know, even though I'm half German, half English. I feel like Spain and Italy is more my home. That's where like the Southern, the Mediterranean, that's where I feel at home. It's, they were so welcoming, accepting. And they used to make fun of me because um, I had a really like American accent in Spanish. <laughs> so I would always say um, in Spanish, if you say like, but it's like, um, pero, like, but this. Mm. And I used to say, um, um, pero. Um, and then I used to be like, yo pienso que, um, And then they always used to call me Pero. <laughs> so it had like an insider joke. Uh, thank God I lost that accent. But um, yeah. So, so yeah, um, maybe you want to talk a little bit more about your your time in in Spain and Italy, how it was different, like the youth system, how it was different to to Germany and yeah, how the approaches of, um, of, of the training, of practice, of the playing style and just the culture within football was different to to germany for example or to the us i'm pretty sure you got to know us youth soccer as well so maybe you can yeah, just from um, just experiencing it yeah 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 so how is how is how is it different there because uh, spaniards um are probably or the spanish people are probably a little bit more laid back in their culture um the it the italian have uh, yeah quite a, a temper yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Germans are super strict and um, the Americans are all for um, success, for succeeding. So how would you say this did that reflect in, in football? Basically, um, when I started playing in Germany uh, for the first four years, I played um, for my local like youth club. And, um, and after, after like at the age of seven, I got pulled up to the older group and I always played one year up, uh, sometimes even two years. Yep. at some occasions so basically it was very basic training we probably trained like two times a week and everything i learned throughout that time was because i was always on the field with my dad every day when he was off work or with my friends and just like practicing 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 so a lot a lot on my own a lot of technical work and that's probably where i learned to play was on the street you know in front of it's not like a, yeah i know what you, you know mean, like yeah, yeah. you know i'm in the neighborhood like um yeah. just playing um, the trainings were very basic. I mean, like you can imagine at a local amateur club at that level, it's basically the typical, like pass it to the coach. He passes it back and, and you, and you hit the screamer from there. 20 meters. Yeah. 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 And it's and like, we're, the... we're born in a generation. We're born in the nineties. So, yeah. um, we, we looked, we watched a lot of YouTube videos, um, of our idols probably, and just tried to do that on the street or on a local football field. Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, the set, the training sessions would have like one hour scrimmage. <laughs> you wouldn't learn anything, but obviously it was fun. And um, yeah, it, it was definitely at, at the second local club I played in Germany. It was a bit, it was a, a higher level. Um, some guys went on to go to play for like 1860 Munich and stuff. And um, that was a, a good level. And I had a really good coach, actually a woman. Um, I have to say she, she taught me a lot. Um, She, she was a fantastic coach. She taught me a lot about um, character. Um, I was always a person that cried when we lost so, and would like give up fast. And she would like 
heart toughened me up and taught me how to, you know, get into stuck into challenges and be more, you know, have more personality and character on the field and, and um, just to be, yeah, more of a leader and an example. And that probably and, helped you um, once you moved to Spain. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when I moved to Spain, um, basically I moved because of my father's job and um, I had no idea what I was going to do with football. So then my dad saw that like at the Escuela del Barça, they were having like open tryouts. So um, he signed me up and it was like, I was only there for five days. I got, I got to the, to, it was right next to Camp Nou. It's, it was outside of Camp Nou. There was like sand pitches. They're now parking lots. Mm -hmm. But if someone went to Camp Nou like 10 years ago, I think he would still have seen those, those pitches there. Mm -hmm. They used to be the Escuela del Barça. Uh, where the fan shop was as well. Um, yeah, basically got there. I saw the stadium. Obviously, everything was crazy, and I was just a you know a little kid. Then I I stayed there for a year, um, and during that year is where I learned probably everything that I know today. I mean, in terms of football and the because you asked about the approach. Um, yeah, um, the the approach was very technical. Basically, we learned a lot of the basics, but we'd spend so much time with repetition. Um, in terms of passing, receiving, you know, 1v1 dribbling, um, vision. Also, tactically, they tried to show us the first principles at like 10 yep. years old, you know. It was a very friendly and warm approach. Like in Germany, they were more cold, you know, how the coaches are, I guess. Like, you know, in, in Spain, they would take you under their arms. They would be like, oh, Max, good job today, but you could do this. And and they would show you. It was very professional, to be honest. And um And then on the weekend, you would scrimmage and play against like other people that were in that football school um, at the same time. It was really good, to be honest. Like you had La Masia, Camp Nou, Mini Estadi, obviously Escuela Al Barça and the academy all within 100, yeah, 250 meters from each other or something like that. Yeah. Um, then what happened was they basically made like a pre-selection of a squad um, of like the best players of, of, of my year of 94s. Um, to go to international tournaments and to, they wanted to, yeah, we were, we were supposed to go to Cannes to France, but it got canceled for some reason. And then we ended up going to, to Sweden where you were, uh, but to Umia, like in the North Yeah, yeah. and um, quite up. North. That was, <laughs> yeah. That was probably my like first, like crazy soccer experience because um, when we, we flew there obviously and, and everyone thought we were Barca, like the actual Barca Academy. So they would like want to take pictures with us. And like, it was, it was pretty crazy. Like the pilot asked us if we could do an autograph for his son or something. It was so weird. And then uh, we obviously thought it was cool and, and fun. And sure. we won that tournament. It was an international tournament. And um, in that tournament, I, I had a, a, a good, a very good showing, I would say. Um, and, a, and a fun fact is actually in that tournament, um, uh, Henrik Larsson's son was playing with us and he's kind of like a, Yeah, massive superstar in, in Sweden, right? And his son now plays for the national team, actually, and, and for uh, Spartak Moscow. He joined us, and he was such a good character. He was three years younger than us, and wow. he was playing and scoring goals. And wow. and that, that guy was something special, not just on the field, but he was so funny as well, such a, such a joyful young man. And he's been doing amazing for himself in his, his, in his professional career now. But what happened was um, from that tournament... Um, Two of the, the coaches at, um, at the Escuela del Barça recommended um, me and one other player in my age group to go into preseason with Barça. So, so actually the Barça Academy. The actual Barça Academy, correct. La Masia. So, yeah, so we got back from the tournament in Sweden and uh, my dad got a call from, from Barça basically saying that they had, they had been monitoring me throughout my time and now after this tournament, they really feel like without me and this other this other player and myself would be ready so that's when my football career probably really like suddenly kicked off and um yes yeah, so to set the record straight i never officially signed with barca but i did play a, i had an extended tryout for for around 10 weeks and did a whole preseason there and and played a, a lot of tournaments and and preseason games with them and then in in italy um basically i was at is 1910 that was a professional club back in the day that unfortunately has now gone into administration since a couple of years. Um, the first team was playing Serie C. Later, they got promoted to Serie B even. Um, 
very just, good setup. Just, just for the listeners that maybe don't know the Italian league system, Serie G is the third professional division and Serie B is uh, the second professional division. Correct, correct. And I, I was there um, in the U6, U, U16 and U17s. And um, yeah, what I would say is that um, there the approach was a lot more tactical. Um, we, we were in the group with... Um, you know, with um, some top, top teams um, like Inter Milan, AC Milan, Atalanta, uh, Cagliari. It's a very strong region, region. Yeah. Yeah, of, of football. It's the highest, highest um, level. And we were a team that had to survive more, you know, on fighting. And, you know, obviously we're not going to outplay AC Milan or Inter Milan sure. or Atalanta. Those are some of the best academies in Italy, right? Um, so it was very tactical, very defensive-minded. And it didn't fit me too well because I was a more of free-flowing technical player. So I had to learn a lot. And, um, but the coach was an amazing person. One of the best coaches I probably had. Also, so such an attention to detail. And um, not just tactical, but also our technical training was amazing. We'd always warm up by juggling with tennis balls. But not just juggling. We'd do like um, parkours juggling with a tennis ball. Wow. Um, and he, he was so detailed. Like... Um, Even when we had to practice jumping up for headers, he had a whole like form that he wanted us to use. Um, But you still we, didn't learn it, right? No, you no, I'm not very good. <laughs> no, no, that was probably my issue. I wish sometimes I would have listened more to him. He was, and he was a genius. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it sounds like you had a very, very competent uh, coach in Italy. Um, of course, uh, afterwards, we're always uh, a little bit smarter or we know more that we should have listened more, maybe. But yeah, um, I, I want to I go back to that, to that Barca time because I think that's, that's like, uh, yeah, most um, interesting uh, parts of your youth career for our listeners, maybe. So... At the Barca school and during the preseason, especially with Barca, you obviously met um, or at least have seen um, some of the world stars from back then. Um, like you already said, uh, Henrik Larsson's son um, there at that time at Barcelona in, uh, what was it, 2005, 2006, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there were, there were uh, the world stars like Iniesta, Xavi, Ronaldinho, Deco, and of course the young Lionel Messi that just joined the, the first team, yeah. Barcelona. Can you describe that feeling, like to see them, to see them all, and being so close to them? Like, were you able to talk to them, or how can I imagine, like, how that was for you during that preseason at Barca? Did you have contact to these players? And um, yeah, don't you feel like a superstar yourself when you play for Barcelona? <laughs> Um, that's a really good question. So, uh, so the way I remember it and I, it's, I think it's pretty accurate is that back then the first team trained on a field next to La Masia behind Camp Nou. So they were a couple of hundred meters away from us. We were next to the mini study, the youth players. Um, yeah, it was a surreal experience. So, um, My, my parents were actually had already planned a holiday, so they were gone for quite a long time. I lived with one of the coaches that recommended me. So the first day I got in, um, they told me to bring nothing but football boots. And I was like, oh, oh wow, okay. <laughs> so then we went into the changing room. Everyone's sitting there. Um, back then, it was after one year of living in Spain, so my Spanish wasn't very good. So um, I still remember some uh, yeah, things. Uh, of, I walked in. I couldn't really say a lot, you know. And they were like, uh, oh, Uh, tu eres el alemán, and you're like you're the German kid. Yeah. I was like ah, sí, sí. <laughs> like I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really. I was I was nervous to be honest because I I felt so uncomfortable, out of place. I didn't. Yeah, it was all weird. My parents weren't yeah. there at the time, so um, we then sat down, and then suddenly you know someone would come and tell us, oh, you can you guys can come get your stuff. So we'd go somewhere like in the tunnels of the mini study, and there was like this little I don't know storage room, yeah. Mm. And um, we'd get there and this, this man would give us like um, the, the jer like training jersey, shorts, socks, uh, towel, everything, all like in like plastic wrapped, like freshly washed yeah. and everything. And I was like, oh, wow, like <laughs> it's pretty crazy. First and it was time that feeling yellow. like a professional. 
Yeah, and it was that yellow, you know, the famous like bright yellow, um, like highlighter. Yeah, like like that... like like the one with the Ronaldinho commercial where he hits the yes, stuff yes. five times in a row. Yeah. Exactly. That's actually in the mini study. That's um oh, for wow. that commercial. Yeah. So um he so we had that and uh, went on the field. We we started with like a rondo and it was going great and because I was always technically always very proficient. Um, so I, I really, I was doing good. And then we, we had a good session. I don't remember the sessions that well, but I remember this cause it's, it's pretty, um, significant to later on. Like, uh, I, uh, I, I was playing a center mid and I played a short ball back to the keeper and it got intercepted by the striker. He scored. And then a, a player on my team, uh, some players on my team got really angry and, you know, like said some things and, and then I just lost confidence. So then, you know, it was, uh, I showered, you know, we threw all our stuff into this big, like big washing bag after the, after training, you just throw the stuff in left. And I was driving home with the coach that recommended me and I started crying and Aww. I was like, uh, I, I don't want to play there. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough, blah, blah. And then he said, uh, you know, no puedes tirar la toalla. like you can't throw in the towel. Mm. And it's always stayed with me. And since I'm, I was 11 years old and I still think of that phrase when, when I'm about to face like hard times, but long story short, um, you asked about the players yeah. back then we wouldn't see the first team players, but we would see like the, the youth players that were older than us. And some of them were pretty known like Boyan Krikic, Giovanni Dos Santos, like, you know, cause they were playing, they were about to get the, the, their chance in the first team. Everyone knew them and they were like, I think I walked past them once or twice when, when we were going to the field and I was pretty starstruck. And then what happened was right before the season was going to start, they told me that they weren't going to sign me. Mm. Um, and they recommended me to their, um, satellite, their number one satellite team in Spain, mm. which is a Club de Fútbol Dam, a very famous youth academy that also plays in División de Honor, so the highest level in Spain. And I spent three years there, actually, and I loved that time. That was uh, um, also a, a very famous little sand stadium where all the famous players have played, like Guardiola, Messi, Iniesta, Ch everyone that, that came through the ranks of Barca has played on that field many, many times. And yeah, I mean, yeah, you, I you, learned, a lot. <laughs> you, learned, you learned football at probably the best um, football school, football academy um, in the whole world. So I, I'm pretty sure that was... Um, the one experience that that formed you the most as a player and, and in the way you think yeah and and yeah. of course in the way you think about football in general What, one thing i forgot to say actually because i think it's it has to be mentioned for for the merit of, of spanish football because the one thing it did shape me technically extremely much but um out of um a standpoint of respect We, we had to be so respectful with each other. Like every time you came to training, you had to shake everyone's hand. The parents that were watching the practice, the, you know, the, the management team, like the, the youth coordinator and the physios. Every, yep. You had to walk in every room and shake everyone's hand. You always had to be like very well presented yep. at both. Um, when I was at Dam, for example, you couldn't like wear flashy shoes. They didn't want you to have like a, you know, Yep. They wanted yep. you to be known for how you play. And yep. um, that was big. Like you had a, I had to grow up fast. Like I learned how to really have to have respect for people at that age. I mean, that's, that's how it should be. That's something that football should, um, should teach us or should teach young players as well. Um, be respectful to your teammates, to everyone around the team, yeah. in the club, the fans, um, in the youth, the, pa the parents. Um, and that's a very, very important point. Um, Thanks for sharing that. It's uh, very, very interesting that they um, put such an emphasis, emphasis. on that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, speaking about your youth career, you were coming back to Germany after spending seven years abroad, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, in Spain, Italy, you probably never picked up the stereotypical German characteristics. Well, at least not all of them, I guess. So... Um, I can say about you that your most German attribute is your work ethic. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, if you, if you wouldn't have a wife and a kid, I think you would work 24 hours a day. Um, so, <laughs> so um, from your personal perspective, um, talking about yourself or just in general, 
what characteristics would someone pick up growing up in Germany, Spain, and Italy? So basically, I would say what I picked up in Spain was the warmth a lot. Um, like when you say hi to people, even at a young age, like you have to give um, mothers and and because I was a kid. So when I went to my friend's house, you would shake the dad's hand. You know, you would hug your friend and you have to give the mom uh, a kiss on each cheek. Right. Like, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that was really weird coming from Germany because that, that you don't do that, right? So no. I think that was like the warmth. Like they're very caring people, very friendly people. Um, there's no like a uh, schedule anymore. So basically you go to bed a lot later than you would in Germany. When I was in Germany, my mom was like, oh, you can watch Super RTL until 8.15 and then <laughs> you're off to bed, you know? Yeah. When I was in Spain, I had training at like... I think I got home from training at like 9.30 or 10 sometimes, had dinner. Yeah. And then I think that was the biggest thing that that shocked me and everyone, my siblings, my mom, was that uh, in Spain, you know, there's like, my siblings were very young, like five, four, you know, eight and blah, blah, blah. I was 10 and we would just stay out on the weekend to like 11 on, you know, going around. And in Germany, that's unheard of. Like every kid is embedded. <laughs> you know, that's a, so I'd say like just the not really having a feeling for time too much, more laid back. Um, yeah, I noticed warm. that. You still have that. that not yeah, really I do. I do. That's, for time. <laughs> that's the biggest issue. Maybe, maybe that's um, where your work ethic comes from. It's probably not that you have that work ethic of having to work the whole time. You just lose track of time. That's why you're working. <laughs> exactly. No, that's probably, that could really be true. No, I think uh, that was the biggest change of going from Germany to, to Spain was like, people were so friendly. Like when you went to your friend's house, they treated you like you were family. It's, it was so different. I basically started forming really close, close, close friendships. And I would say, um, yeah, so Germany is maybe like the timekeeping, which I don't really have, unfortunately. <laughs> Spain is the warmth, the openness. Italy is um, kind of just the, the relax, like being more relaxed, like, you know, everything, like, it's, it's more like, um, you know, tutto con calma, like everything relaxed and we can do that tomorrow. And, uh, you know, it's uh, more laid back. Life is good. You know, that's what I, I love. I love that. So every time I'm in Italy, I just feel like, Re really um um relaxed you know and uh, i'm just glad that you didn't pick up that italian temper you know like that being, <laughs> i love like, that kind of, you do is that going from zero to 100 basically right i it, used to think that was so funny <laughs> i mean if you're a laid back and relaxed person it can be quite challenging i would say yeah no italians italians are cool like I yeah absolutely Absolutely. I try to like pick up the the coolness because they have something about them. They're just cool people. Like yeah, I don't know how totally. they do it. They they dress really well always. They're always yeah. um present themselves very well and fun, relaxed people. And I wish I could say I picked up that Italian coolness, but I'd say no. I'm still a I'm you know I think you have to be born in Italy to have that you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then you come back to Germany and it's just this cultural shock being back yeah. in strict scheduled Germany. Yeah, it was really tough. Um, that was probably <laughs> yeah, you played some Sunday league, right? When you when you came to the senior level, you you yeah. thought if you you thought you you just want to be like uh, uh, like Neymar on the field and just give some net nutmegs in Sunday league, just <laughs> just humiliate players. So there was not much of the of the respect you you learned in, in Spain left, huh? <laughs> you no, know, no, it was so basically in Italy, um, I had a move at 17. I had to repeat a grade in Italy because basically I wasn't doing um, very well in school. Um, so I wasn't the greatest in school, to be honest. And then um, what happened was I moved at 17. I was supposed to play um, in Italy in Eccellenza, which is like a Oberliga in Germany with the first team already because they used to have like a rule. I don't know if they still have it where a specific amount of players had to be from specific um years like so that younger players got pushed right yep um so i, I was i loved my time at, at that club and i was i was ready to to be one of the young players to to make that to be in that you know group of young players that you had to have um and i was playing very good football at that time as well and just fitting in everything was kind of clicking because i was at insubria calcio at that time not at varese due to schooling issues and training times being during my schools 
So I, I was never in some classes and then basically that wasn't very good on my report card. But yeah, when I moved to Germany, then um, I, I was put into a, a European school again, the same one I was in, in Varese as well. Um, and I would say I joined, a, it was a very strong Landesliga U19 team, but it's, it's not comparable to the level really that I was playing in Italy or Spain. Yeah. And I just didn't really fit in. I don't know, like I really missed Italy. Um, like that was my home. I felt like that's where I was going to, you know, stay and maybe even study and kind of just play. And, and then I think it kind of rubbed off on the soccer. I lost a lot of my work ethic. I basically lost interest and, um, yeah, basically rapidly, uh, while I was doing my, my high school diploma, my abitur, but yeah, basically after that, I said, you know, I didn't really know what to do. I wasn't doing well in school, wasn't doing well at football life. It was kind of a really bad time. And I just ended up going to play Sunday league with my friends where I must say I kind of fell in love with the game again because, um, yeah, because it was easy, like for a good, for an excellent player, <laughs> no, kind of easy to shine in, in Sunday league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely it was easy. It was. Um, That's why I said but, you're the, you you were the Sunday League Neymar. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I I really I wasn't I wasn't a, a you know I that's kind of where I did lose respect. I, it was a weird time in my life. Like I was, I was a really annoying player. You know, I not fair, very fair player. Always kind of just making fun of the opponents. Really stupid. Like I regret that time, but it was fun playing. I mean, my friends were so nice and the team was a fantastic culture. And I had an American coach actually, Matt, who um, played pro in, in Germany and he played wow. pro in the US. And he um, taught me a lot about the game later on. Um, he actually, I was always a number 10 and he moved me to the wing and that's where I really rediscovered myself. And um, yeah, he was such a nice guy and I really loved him as a coach and he kind of, I never thought I was going to play again from there. I, I just thought that's it. You know, I'm, I'm done. And yeah, that's, that's what happened there. Yeah. Some tough times. Um, maybe yeah. <laughs> we can connect that again to, to moving around. Like if you feel home at, at a certain place and then you have to move because you don't have the choice. It can be hard. I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah. Some moves are great and then some aren't great. So that's how life is. Right. But um, I had to yeah. probably go through that time. It was just like, probably puberty hit me really late and I was kind of, yeah, just had to find myself. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you went through a lot already in your, in your youth path and um, yeah. So now it's a quick uh, commercial break with our sponsors. <laughs> yeah. Next question, Max, for you. Um, we met each other before without knowing at a showcase Yeah, like I said last week, um, Max, you impressed quite some coaches because you made the move in that year. Um, I stayed in Germany for another two years. What I remember from back then, that's why I uh, emphasize it the whole time. You were like the, the Neymar or the Cristiano Ronaldo of that showcase. Well, at least um, from a visual um I don't know, like standpoint, you know, like, like the, the shorts were a little bit uh, rolled up, like, like Cristiano <laughs> does to flex with his quads. Um, yeah. Offensively, you really like to, to get the ball and dribble past some players. You're finishing. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't, wasn't even there. <laughs> um, I, I remember you um, trying to dribble past the player on the, on the touchline and then just dribbling out of bounds <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and we together we watched we watched a little bit of that of that showcase as well just to confirm that it actually happened that we both were on the same it field. did and and i was i was hoping um to see on the footage that we had um like a challenge like challenging the ball unfortunately it didn't happen because i remember on the field i thought Oh my God, what an arrogant guy. Like, I would love to slide tackle this guy <laughs> on the sideline. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but yeah, um, well, for you, it went well. Um, and you moved to the US. At first, you played for Tennessee Wesleyan in the NAIA. And after a year, you transferred mm -hmm. to Robert Morris, now yeah. Roosevelt University, also yeah. NAIA. 
and you won you won quite some awards um, on the field, all conference player off the field. You won um, the Google Cloud All American for um, your super high GPA. What was it? Three point nine eight. Three point seven eight or something. Three point eight. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, from US standards, I could say you're a little nerd as well. So. <laughs> You got me back. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, uh, what made you um, move to Chicago? Was it the, the windy city views of Chicago? So I, I would basically start at uh, what made me go to the US was uh, that um, I didn't really know what I was going to study when I finished. So I tried studying, um, but I couldn't really find a program that interests me here in Germany. I didn't really, I wasn't focused mentally, to be honest. I just wasn't a grown-up I was still a kid in, in my mind and wasn't serious no I was lucky that I ended up getting um, scouted from the Sunday League by Tukaju I learned a lot there and um, basically was able to play on a serious level um, which prepared me you know from from the speed of play um, tactical technical standpoint again I just got back into a really good level of play to be honest um, some very me, good players. let me just throw something in there um, yeah I would like to share in our Instagram story then some pictures of your appearance didn't make it um, didn't make it seem that it was that kind of serious with your hairstyle <laughs> and stuff. With my hairstyle, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was like. I said I was always I was trying to show off. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It was some weird phases. Yeah, my hairstyle. Oh my god. Yeah, all platinum blonde. Um, so uh, yeah, no, there I really got back into playing at a, at a really good level. To be honest. Um, Really enjoyed it. The coach was such a fantastic guy. His name was Alpi. He just had a lot of... He gave me so much confidence. I could play very freely as a winger. He encouraged me to go 1v1 a lot. And if I lost the ball, that, that's it. You know, that's fine. Um, yeah, loved it. Played with a lot of ex-pros there um, uh, from very good levels from all around the place. Um, and then I ended up going to, to play in the NAI um, because I wanted to combine... It's a very, everyone says it, but I wanted to combine my studies with, with sure. my sports and wanted to study in English because uh, I didn't, I, I didn't want to study in German, to be honest. You don't, um, you don't feel not too my... comfortable speaking German? No, I, I mean, I do, but I'm, I must say, like, I don't think I could finish a whole degree in German. It's my German's not that Fair great, enough. you know? So, um, yeah, played at Tennessee Wesleyan, um, actually, um, One thing that's really important, Flo, is um, from the showcase that you said uh, went really well for me. Actually, uh, it didn't go that well because um, from from the coaches that were there, none of them approached of me. Of course, because and, you, um, you didn't know um, what was happening in your own half because you only knew the pitch from the opponent's half. The only time, exactly, the only exactly. time you were in your own half was um, at a goal kick. At a, sorry, at a, at a kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I didn't defend at all. So, um, so um, it didn't go that well, to be honest. But uh, we got like, um, I think that game got sent out um, or like the highlights yeah, course, got sent out. So I, uh, the yeah, highlights, the highlights were good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dribbling past players. The but uh, the, def the defending wasn't, wasn't yeah. that great. But so I actually... Tennessee, um, there was a Tennessee Wesleyan coach probably um, thought he actually got the German Cristiano Ronaldo or Neymar. No, no. What actually happened was that... Um, Uh, I actually went to, to, to visit the campuses. So I actually went to like three of the schools that uh, made me an offer off the video. Um, I went to visit them and Tennessee was in was one of them. So then I actually trained with them before oh, wow. they basically, yeah, before they made me an, an, an offer or anything. And um, I had probably one of the best um, games of my life in, in like the 11 v 11. Um, and then, yeah, they were so such good hosts, so welcoming that I ended up choosing them because I felt like it was a family, which it really was at the end of the day. Um, it's such an international team, players from all around the world. And um, yeah, some very special people I met there, um, even on that short weekend. So I decided like, yeah, this is the, the team I want to join. So I went there. What unfortunately happened before um, preseason, so when I came back to Germany after the tryouts, like a week later, I tore my, I basically tore my ACL, but it was still partial tear. So mm -hmm. um, I was out for like three months without doing anything. So I got to Tennessee basically two weeks after I was able to run again and, and touch a ball. 
Um, so I had a lot of like fitness to, you know, to catch up on like yeah. the fitness tests. I failed yeah. every single, every single one. Yeah. Um, of course. You know, um, and I then, mean, yeah, when you were injured for three months and you were running for two weeks, how would you pass? Yeah, probably uh, three weeks I was running. Yeah. Doesn't and, matter. Um, like how, how would you, how would you pass a fitness test at a, at a US college? It's like, it's impossible to say. Yeah, so they were intense, tough. Like, I don't think I would have passed even if I didn't get hurt because I wasn't, <laughs> and I was always a lazy player to be honest. I have to be honest with myself. But uh, like I said, just going yeah, forward. Yeah, there was a lot of intensity, and um, the preseason went went pretty good. Um, I had some good games, some some bad games. Um, but then basically the first game of the season, I broke my big toe, so I was out for like four games, I think, because um, it's not that long. You have to be out with a big toe. Um, injury it wasn't completely broken but basically I couldn't put on shoes or anything so um, it was it was a season I would say a lot of crazy things going on basically my wife uh, came to visit me and then uh, later on you know I found out that she was pregnant so um, there was a lot going on in my head I would still say I was still that kind of character that I was in Germany for that short time you know that still trying to find myself so um, I wasn't the, I would say the best team player there. Like um, I had some very good individual moments and stuff, but yeah, there was injuries before in the middle of the season. So I never really picked up, um, got on a roll. So I think um, I didn't really give them, you know, what, what, what I should have, like, I didn't perform what was expected of me and yep. you know, what, what they probably, yeah, what I should have been, what I, how I should have performed, but I made, right. um, um, friends, friends for life. I'm so, so thankful to, to coach Lyons and, um, coach Blankley who brought me in back then. And, um, and that took care of me. And even though I didn't have a good season, were super, super nice with me and took care of me. And, um, yeah, then basically what happened is that when I found out my wife was pregnant and, um, you know, we, we thought maybe it would be better to move to a city where, you know, she's, she's, she's um, going to be in the US. She can't work, right? Because she's on a F2 visa. So she kind of has to be at least able to, to see something or, or go around and kind of maybe make friends and build a life. And it's hard if you're not in a big city, right? So we basically got, was able to get signed up by Robert Morris in Chicago. And um, we made the move there. And I have to say, like, um, there, was, there was people like OT, um, Gustavo, Nelson, Duke, Ben. So I could name so many other guys that really helped me so much with the whole process. And, um, and I'm super, super thankful to them for forever. They're still like, uh, in my life and a lot of other players as well in that team. It was a, it was a family. Yeah. And then you fell in love with the windy city views. Yeah. So then in, in Chicago, because Tennessee Wesleyan was a really good team. Um, a couple of the guys went pro afterwards or, or very good semi-pro. Um, Robert Morris was a building program. So actually when I got there, my first two years, we lost almost every game. I think I was a lot more mature than when I came to Chicago because I also was taking care of, you know, together with my wife, obviously of, of my daughter, I, I became a dad. It came with a lot of responsibility and maybe this shifted in my character. So then, yeah, like you said, they appointed me captain, not because Pro, like I think because I was one of the older players with 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 experience, so um, like you said, they probably wanted me to kind of motivate the guys and and yeah, we lost uh, almost every game <laughs> for the first two years. But um, man, like like I said, I made amazing friends on the field, off the field, amazing coaches uh, like Coach Trudy my first year, and then Coach Patty and Coach Patrick and Coach P, Coach Campos, like so many Mateusz Gi, and there's it goes on and on and on just friends for life and and the windy city is, is special man chicago is the greatest city i've ever lived in and it's my favorite city in the whole wide world yeah coach petty and coach patrick um are both german as well yeah so um you had an easier transition when you went there right and yeah of course um i got in touch with one of them um and oh no way <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you introduced me to both uh, to to both of them, um, and yeah, Coach Patrick uh, was so kind to to send some words over. Um, 
oh. talk about you and your time at Robert Morris. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play the um, the the voice message he sent me. Max Never, the top striker <laughs> in the NAIA <laughs> collegiate soccer. Oh man, I think I lost about 15, 20 years of my life watching him go 1v1 against goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also I lost uh, lots of my hair, so I'm working on recovering still on that. But let me tell you, when he got into the open space and had the goalkeeper in front of him, he literally choked. He hit the ball over the net, hit the goalie. I mean, I couldn't believe what I saw. He, We could have won so many more games. I was so mad at that time. I I couldn't believe it. I think I broke also like four or five of my notebooks. Nonetheless, he is an amazing player and even more outstanding human being. But still, I think he owes me like a hair transplant or something. <laughs> oh, man. yeah. So quite quite some nice words um <laughs> especially um about you as a human being and i think everyone that knows you um can approve that yeah as a player um i mean we talked about you as a player type before um probably never that what your what your dad was hoping for like uh, that uh, rough english player um rather a um in german we call it Schönwetterfußballer, yeah. like, like um, only performing when all conditions around are, are perfect. Uh, if it's a nice pitch, nice weather, um, but yeah, struggling in front of the goal. So oh, Max, absolutely. What, are you, what are your comments to that? Man, I think I was dying, man. <laughs> Patrick, oh, that guy, he's a, a big brother to me. Him and Patty, I mean, both of them they taught me so much about the game, but more especially about life. Like they're just a bit older than me. So like three or, and four years older, when I saw what they built up, you know, the way that they transformed the program at Robert Morris, how professional they went about things, how quickly they grew in their coaching careers. I mean, their work ethic inspired me. Uh, I always tell them we're, we're still like best friends and that basically, you know, these guys made shaped me into a whole they gave me a whole nother mindset and they were so, so professional. I'm telling you, mark my words one day, you'll see both of them. Patrick wants to, um, you know, work in, in the professional game one day. Um, Patty would, I think would love to work in the professional youth academies and the collegiate game, but you'll see them at the, at the top of, of, you know, the level that they want to work at because these guys, man. Wow. But, uh, to the comments. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh man, there's so there's like two funny stories I'll tell you about that. Um, one is uh, in in my senior year. Um, so basically, yeah, it's true. I I missed a lot of one v ones. I I don't know. I, I froze <laughs> always in front of the keeper. Um, and yeah, so the funny two funny stories. One is um, it was a uh, I think we were playing against William Penn that year. Um, they were very like a top twenty five NAI program in t- twenty eighteen. I think. Very good team. We played them at home and uh, it was 1-1. Um, you know, it was the 90th minute. And in the US, you have that scoreboard that counts down. So, you know, it was, uh, and I think if I remember correctly, um, the commentator even says like 10, 9, 8, or may, you hear that. Yeah, the de- there's actually a countdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Locally. So locally then well. um, literally, I, I promise. So you, <laughs> it was a really hot summer day and it was, I was so tired and everyone last minute like la- no like last 20 seconds of the game or 15 14 um this a uh, uh, very good friend of mine and player fantastic footballer nelson like, like slides me a through ball I, I i beat two players to it i run from like 40 yards to to the goal and then literally you can hear like 10 9 8 and i'm running 1v1 one one with and- the keeper i beat the two center backs um i went all the way there and then i just like it was like three seconds to go. And I just, it was such a bad finish. It wasn't even close. Like I just tried to place it with the inside of my foot and the keeper just kind of dived and caught, he caught it. He didn't even like, you know, push the ball away. He just caught the ball. And you, had, you had too much time to think. 
running from four. Yeah, yeah, old. yeah. But I, I was just thinking in my head, like, I can't miss, I can't miss. <laughs> and then uh, basically missed and Patrick, <laughs> human, like he screamed across the whole stadium <laughs> in German. <laughs> and uh, and I just like when, because the, the buzzer went yeah, yeah. and basically I was just there on the floor and my eyes were closed. I was dead. I could just hear him fuming, like running and hit. Like I think he hit the the, you know the, um man, what the bench? You know we had like those covered yeah, benches. Yeah. He hit the side of. I could hear it, and his notebook always against the fence. <laughs> That's when you knew he was mad. So loud, so loud. We ended up winning that game, but oh my god, I felt so embarrassed. And then another one was um, we did really well that year in conference and. Uh, we were playing number eight in the nation, Cardinal Stritch, really good team back then. I think they went to the semifinal of the Nationals that year or quarterfinals. Um, and they hadn't lost a single game. I don't even think, yeah, they. I think they even won every game until then. I don't, I don't remember correctly, but we were playing at their home. Um, we started off winning. We were playing really good. I mean, we had a very technical team. We played super beautiful football um, because Paddy and Patrick installed it in us. It was insane how good they are as coaches but basically um it was 1-1 and we got a penalty and I wasn't actually the penalty taker it was Nelson because he was more he had more cold blood and you know like in front of the goal he was just more prepared for those moments but I don't know why I asked him I was like Nelson can I can I take the penalty and he was kind he was so nice he was like yeah yeah take it and I'd taken a penalty against that keeper my sophomore year and scored so I was like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll do that. Went up and I took the worst penalty ever. Like I just, I, I don't know what I did. I, I put it before I ran up one of the, one of the English guys from their team. He's like, oh, he's just going to sky it or something like that, you know? And then I was like, oh, I can't shoot. I can't shoot high now. And then I put it low and the keeper like caught it. Like he didn't even push it away or block it. And then Patrick turns around and throws his notebook against the fence. I can just hear him hitting the fence. <laughs> Basically, he was turned around and the game was going on and I could just turn around and looked at him and he, he wasn't even looking at the, he was just holding the fence yeah, and like raging. So, um, yeah. And oh my God, man, I felt, yeah, I, I think it just sums it up to be honest, Flo, like, I don't know what it is in my football career. Like I, I, I had some excellent games, but I was not very clinical and I was, I was very inconsistent to be honest. All right, Max, um, that's all I've got for you. Um, there were all the questions uh, that I wanted to ask you. Um, a lot of new insights for me as well. Um, like we said last week, we didn't talk about um, the, the questions before. So it should be a surprise that it's an um, authentic answer and without uh, preparing much for it, but still giving you um, really, really good insights um, and still that first impression of what our podcast is about. And next week, we're going to have our first guest, right, Max? Yes, sir. I'm excited. Yeah, very excited. Um, we want to handle it like that, um, that we don't give you a name or the league um, or the team where this player plays. Um, yeah, we just, we just want to... Um, yeah, make you curious and give you some hints um, on on Instagram, especially um, what what kind of player it could be and uh, what country it's going to be about. So, yeah, definitely stay tuned. Um, how it's going to continue next week, who our first guest will be, and of course, we are going to share with you on Instagram some of Max' highlights from his career and especially that crazy hairstyles. <laughs> during his time before <laughs> before the US. Oh man, that's true. No, thank you so much for the questions, Phil. They were fantastic. Um, honestly, I, some of them, I wasn't expecting them and uh, I hope I was able to answer them, you know, off the spot. Um, yeah, basically at the end of the day, I mean, football is what what gave me education. It's what taught me languages. It, it's what, um, yeah, made me see the world. And um, I'm very grateful for it, um, having played in all these different countries, but also for 
from for clubs like Türkiye Munich, like a Turkish club based in Germany, gave me a whole nother cultural insight, which I loved and, and enjoyed the Spanish, um, the Italian football, US, Germany. Um, a lot of while I was in the US, I experienced a lot of a lot of cultures apart from the American culture as well. And just wanted to to say that I think um, even though I didn't make it to the pro game, I'm, I'm eternally grateful to, to, the, to the game of football. And I'm excited for next week. I think uh, that's enough for me now, guys. And now we're going to be moving on, like Flo said, to the, to the actual guests of the, of the show. So, um, yeah, Flo, I think it's that time of the day it's again. It's that time you know? of the episode again. <laughs> it's, it's that time of the episode. Um, why don't you blow the final whistle for us? Yeah, and if you have any questions towards uh, Max's career, my career, or our podcast in general, feel free to DM us on Instagram or send us an email, info at kidswap-ffc.com. Until next week. Okay, let's see what you got. <laughs> Legends.